Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Angular, cases, opulent. If you aren't familiar with those terms, congratulations, you're just like me. I just want to know, does it taste good? Well, luckily, I found Firstly, the only wine club that's based on your taste. I just received my very first First Leaf order, and these are some damn good wines. I highly and personally recommend their services, and this is how it works. Customize your First Leaf order by selecting the color, wine regions, and frequency of your wine shipments. First Leaf then creates an introductory three-pack of wine just to get you started. They sent me white wine and rosé, and they were delicious. Plus, they keep on coming. With First Leaf's introductory pack, you'll get all three for just 5 bucks each. When your bottle arrives, rate the wine to get personalized selections based on your unique taste. First Leaf is my new favorite way to rate and buy quality wine. I love First Leaf. To order your three-pack of introductory wine for $15, go to firstleaf.com slash Rappaport. That's three bottles of wine for only 15 bucks. Try firstleaf.com slash Rappaport. R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Experience First Leaf today and try firstleaf.com slash Rappaport. I am telling you, it is the best, simplest, and cheapest way to drink fantastic wine. All right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is coming up next. And first of all, apologies, apologies, apologies to anybody who follows and looks for information, insight, and in the winning ways of the fantasy football follies. Uh, We had a personal issue come up. 
First, it was some technical issues. Then we had an actual personal issue. We'll explain it to you. Uh, we apologize. Um, we will be dropping a brand new Week 16 Fantasy Football Follies. It will be dropping Thursday, December 21st at midnight. Guaranteed. Me and Tommy Guns, Tommy G. will give you the winning ways heading into Week 16. I'm proud to say that one of our guys, a Fantasy Football Follies listener, won the DraftKings Barstool Common Man Tournament. A Fantasy Football Follies. I am Rappaport. Dude won 10 fucking thousand dollars thanks to us thanks to him he won it he won it but he gave us credit he's a listener he's a follower of the follies congratulations ben stone at b underscore s-t-o-n-e-s one ben stone one ten g's all right he's a fantasy football Follies guy so i apologize we apologize that we didn't get it up last week no pun intended um, but we'll be back, like I said, Thursday the 21st, midnight with a brand new fantasy football folly. So today, on this episode, this is like a superstore, all everything. Like this is like going to Costco, Target, like getting everything you need out of a podcast. Today we have the White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. If you don't like sports, don't even worry about it. He's a fucking riot. Boston Celtic world champion. He's like a, uh, a a funny, funny, weird, distorted looking version of me. The White Mamba. Um, but first, me and G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, the three-time podcast co-host of the year. We're going to do our thing. It's a brand new I Am Rappaport stereo podcast. But I, I got a couple of things to talk about before we get into uh, the, the, the base of the show. Number one, number one. Congratulations to me, the gringo man, Dingo. I'm congratulating myself. That's right. And I'm saying my name in the third party. I am heading to the Howard Stern Fantasy Football Super Bowl. That's right. You've heard it all. You've heard about uh, everything I've been through. The, the, The coup, being kicked out of the league, invited back into the league, the taunting, the teasing, the duress that I've been through. Well, we did it, asshole. We're in the finals. This weekend, the Fantasy Football Finals of the Stern Show Emotional Friends League. I dragged this motherfucker, Will Murray, one of the producers, key producers, big-time producer of the Stern Show, dragged that fuck, tied him to the back of my fucking car, and dragged him slowly three to five miles per hour for about 17, 18 blocks. It was slow. It was painful. His team had hope, and I fucking stripped him. I stripped him of any hope and aspirations that he had. I'm heading to the finals. I'm playing Sal Governale and Richard Christie, two lunatics from the Stern Show. Very high up people in the Stern Show world. I'm going to beat their fucking asses. And again, if I win, if I win, or should I say when I win, the reward I want, I want to get it cleared. I want to power wash, power clean. I have the drills and instruments and tools to do it. I want to power clean Gary Delabonte's fucking gorilla teeth once and for all live for the world to see and hear on the Stern Show in front of Robin and Howard. Then I want to shave every morsel of back and stomach hair off Jason Kaplan's body and donate it to science. That's the kind of man I am. 
So whether you care about football, care about fantasy football or not, okay? And I know a lot of you don't. And I understand that. I have no problem, no qualms, no questions about it. But Thursday the 21st through the weekend, I'm in my Super Bowl. Not that I need it because I'm planning on winning this motherfucker. But just, just a little prayer. A little prayer for me to win Rappaport's Delight, a.k.a. A History of Violence, a.k.a. Make It Stop, Make It Stop, a.k.a. Uh, that thing's big. Please, just a little prayer. Okay, if you walk by a church, just, you know, I'm thinking about you, Dingo. That's all I want. That's all I want because it's going down this weekend. Oh, what else happened? Okay, we got a great show. We have a fantastic, hard-hitting, all-encompassing I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast coming up. Kobe Bean Bryant had his number retired. Laker number eight. Laker number 24. I mean, I was thinking about things to say about Kobe, but the guy needs no introduction. What, what, what can I say? If you want to hear some great stories about Kobe Bryant from people who actually played with him and played against him, re-listen to the Matt Bournes I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Listen to the Karan Butler episode of the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. He, he tells a story about playing against Kobe Bryant and him counting backwards. He scored the first two points, and instead of going two, he started counting backwards from 50. Like he was like, I'm going to give you all 50. So he scored the first basket, and he was like 48. And he wound up scoring, I think, 49 or 50 points. Karan tells it really good. You can re-listen to the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast with Karan Butler. It's dope. His story's dope. It's a great episode from about, I don't know, six, eight months ago. And, of course, the five-star already classic Matt Barnes episode. He tells some great Kobe stories. Um, and I was thinking all about Kobe's career because it's over. He's not playing any more professional basketball. I remember when he came into the league, it was bald-headed Kobe. You know, he had the music video rapping Kobe. Sounded just like Michael Jordan Kobe. Air ball shooting in the playoffs, Kobe. Between the motherfucking legs, won the slam dunk contest, Kobe. Then it was Shaq and Kobe. Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Kobe. They won three motherfucking championships. Then it was the low and peasy afro, Kobe. Then there was Metal World Peace. And Lamar Odom, Kobe. Phil Jackson, Kobe. Tell me how my ass tastes, Kobe. That's a quote from a Shaq rhyme when they were in the little beef, which they've all cleaned up. More NBA title winning Kobe. Broken finger Kobe. Matt Barnes. Ball fake to the face Kobe. Solo Kobe. Two more motherfucking titles Kobe. Broken finger Kobe. Broken wrist Kobe. Black Mamba Kobe. Torn Achilles walking off the motherfucking court. That shit don't hurt Kobe. Coming back from that injury like what, Kobe? 60 points in your final game, Kobe. Kobe Bryant, Mamba out, Kobe. Number eight, number 24 is retired. Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant. Iconic, one-of-a-kind, killer instinct. Yo, shit, what can I say? Um, Another thing that happened that I want to get into before I get uh, G. Moody last name rhymes with duty is uh, the president, the president of ESPN, John Skipper, 
a.k.a. John the Ripper. He stepped down, stepped down from his position at ESPN. Says he has substance abuse and he's been suffering, said he's been dealing with it for years and he quit effective immediately. Um, I never had any dealings with John Skipper. Um, so I, I really know insight into him. But as you know, I did have dealings and a little, although I never met him, with the Cupcake Kid, Dick Stain, Danny Lebetard. You know, some of you guys might not know how this whole Lebetard thing started and why I'm going at him so hard. Check this out, okay? Here's a clip from the now infamous episode 269 of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. It's the first ever podcast diss track. All right, so anyway, there's, there was a little back and forth about uh, Magic Johnson getting hired. In a nutshell, basically what happened was uh, Lebetard was talking about Magic Johnson being hired and he wasn't qualified. And then I made a tweet uh, saying why, uh, uh, how your father, his father Poppy, the beloved Poppy, on his uh, TV show. What's the name of the TV show? Highly questionable. How it's a highly questionable decision to have your father on the show every day. The beloved Poppy. Well, because Dan Levitar went after the beloved Magic Johnson. Anyway, they started talking about that. Started uh, His crony started saying, I have herpes. I don't. I'm going to break that down. And they also said that I try to be black. Michael Rappaport came after my father. My initial instinct was to get defensive for about half a second. And then I'm like, good God, this is funny. Sure. Good God, this is funny that now we've got beef between Michael Rappaport and my father and the show. Here's what actually happened since this hasn't been stated yet. Yeah. Stugatz texted me and said, send me some weekend observations for Rappaport. And I said, Stugatz, do not call him herpes face. Like Mike and Roy have been doing all weekend, I feel like that's a bad look for him, for them, and the show. I feel like don't call someone herpes face multiple times. I mean, it was a big red splotch. What if it was like skin cancer or something? He, that's what he was saying actually. Uh, Okay. These motherfuckers are chumps. These motherfuckers are deceitful. These motherfuckers basically had me kicked off of ESPN on some sucker shit. If the only real collateral damage of my quote-unquote race controversy that made me a racist last week gets Michael Rappaport banned from ESPN for actual racism? That's amazing! <laughs> like, that is that is performance art! It's like, woo! That's like playing with race, and then, ta-da! Like, white guy who really loves black people, like, really loves black people, in a way that he does a Tribe Called Quest documentary and kind of seems like he wants to be black, I think. That he would do that. Yeah, there's no doubt that he's done a lot with black culture. If we said odds on this at the beginning, when you said what you said about magic, and we said someone, there's going to be a casualty here. What are the odds you get on that? On Rappaport? There's going to be a yes. race casualty here. Put up a prop board bet like a Deadpool. Put up a Deadpool. Who's going to lose their job? Like, right. Who's going <laughs> to... I mean, you'd get 8 million to 1 odds. Like, wait, what? Serious value with Rappaport. Like, like what? <laughs> All right, does that make sense to you? It's it's crazy because they, they just retired Kobe Bryant's number. 
And this whole thing was started about me defending Magic Johnson because this motherfucker was trying to say he's not qualified to be the GM of the Los Angeles Lakers. This motherfucking... And it caused the whole uproar in the media. Like You know, this is about almost like nine months ago, caused the whole uproar in the media. Michael Wilbon, people were accusing Lebetard of only saying that, you know, because he's black and race. It was like a whole little thing. You could check it out. Uh, but that was the inception of this whole thing. That started this whole thing. Uh, Dick Stain, Danny Lebetard was really distraught over the president of ESPN stepping down. It, it, it's, it's, it's very well known that uh, Dick Stain, Danny Lebetard is a company man. He tries to act like he's all rogue and he's, you know, sort of this rebellious figure. He's not. He's not. I actually said it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, months ago. I said, Dick Stain, Dan Lebetard is a company man. He's under John Skipper. He's been under John Skipper. That's why that motherfucker still has a job. That's my opinion. They suspended him. They've reprimanded him. He says all kinds of wild shit. Nothing happens. That's because he's a company man. You kiss ass. But then you front on the radio like you're rogue, you're wild, you're about it, about it. Well, it turns out that Dick Stain, Danny Lebetard, he, he really, really took uh, John Skipper stepping down to heart. He, he, he really was distraught over it. He uh, went on the radio this morning and like a bitch-ass trick, this motherfucker started crying. Ch- check, check some of this out. Listen, listen to this motherfucker's voice. The uh, the president of ESPN has resigned, um, and sent out a statement. And uh, uh, I'm sorry. I um I just want to know that he's okay. Um. Take your time, buddy. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm just learning of this now, okay? And this is a um is he's this is the reason that I work here. Um and so I don't know what's coming. I don't know what this I don't know what this is, but um he has turned in his re- resignation. He sent it to everybody at ESPN through all all the email accounts. And he said, I'd like to share a statement I'm issuing today as well as one from Bob Iger. It has been my absolute privilege to serve as president of ESPN. Sincerely, John Skipper. This is this motherfucker's segment called Straight Talk, where he tells it straight. He tells it like it is. Listen to this bitch-made motherfucker crying on the air. This is a true blue company man. Bust him. I know I look like it and sound like a fool right now. Uh... But I want you to understand something, and I don't know what's, I don't know what's coming. Like I don't know if this is. I, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know how he's doing. Um, and I care about him, but just so that you understand, um, this person has created everything that exists here at ESPN for us. He he sent out a statement. Um, um, I um, I, I just want to know that he's okay, motherfucker. Is John Skipper your father or is Poppy your father? You should have had John Skipper on your bullshit show all these years. Because you're crying like this motherfucker's your dad, bitch. <laughs> you know, sucking his teeth. 
And then listen to Stu Gatz. Stu Gatz in the background saying, take your time. Take your time. Stu Gatz. John Wiener. He's saying, take your time. This is the same guy, John Wiener, who just a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, we talked about him being proud that he made eighth grade girls cry. He bragged about making eighth grade girls cry. The big Hall of Famer Shaq Diesel was offended by it. I was offended by it. I spoke on it. Matter of fact, Miles, cut to my shit about John Wiener just a couple of weeks ago. To the head coach of Coppermine 2022, who said I made her kid cry, a kid that committed two penalties and talked trash to my kids, me, and my coaching staff the entire game. Next time, don't tell me I'm an adult and she's an eighth grader. Nope, you're an adult, so teach the eighth grader to stop talking trash to the coaches on the sideline. Not her fault, yours. And next time, I'll yell at you. You're proud about making little girls cry, and you said you'd make the mom cry and the father cry. Shaq said he wanted to punch you in the face. Let me get that Willie Hutch shit. Now this motherfucker's like, oh, oh, take your time. Let me hear it again, Miles. Let me take your time. Take your time. You're all all upset because fat, dick-stained Dan Lebitard, formerly known as the Cupcake Kid, is choked up that his boss, who's kept him employed for all these years, is crying on air like a fucking hoe. Biatch. You crying? Matter of fact, Miles, let me get that cry. I'm not even giving this dude that Willie Hutch. Let me get that cry. Yeah, you hear that cry. That's a moody B right there. When a motherfucker's crying on air, because he knows the gig is up. I'm sorry. You get that cry. You hear that cry right there. Listen to that. Mm. He's like, mm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just. I'm sorry. Um, um. That, listen. Listen, I know acting. I know good acting and I know bad acting. This shit isn't even Showtime after dark acting. This isn't even skin flick, softcore porn acting. This is a, this is fear. Scott, I I know why I work here. Listen, listen to this bitch ass motherfucker. I didn't want to work for ESPN. I wanted to work listen. for this man. Okay. Uh, you you don't know what's coming. You don't know what this is, motherfucker. Because you know this motherfucker, John Skipper, kept you from getting fired, biatch. This guy's faking jacks, man. This guy teasing people. Ain't this motherfucker's going to rehab for 30 days. He didn't die, motherfucker. You crying? You crying? You knew he was on that booger sugar, motherfucker. If he's such a close friend of yours, anytime I've been with anybody, friend, relationship, and they've been on that shit, you know. Maybe it's your guilt. Maybe it is your guilt that is bringing you to tears like a bitch-made motherfucker. What happened to all the boisterous shit-talking you've done for all the years, motherfucker? You're not talking any shit right now. You sounded nervous on the yard. You sounded scared on the yard. And he, he did it because of how he cares about um, minorities and their causes. Um... And so every success that we've had, I didn't want to work for ESPN. I wanted to work for this man, okay? 
and so I'm just sort of shocked and and hurt and 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 scared not for anything material just scared scared because I want him to be okay because this is not going to be a fun storm whatever whatever comes next after this and so I am sorry I'm reacting this way and I don't know what damage I'm doing in reacting this way but I'm just that's that, so that's straight talk for this video. You didn't want to work for ESPN? You wanted to work for this man? Well, the motherfucking party is over, motherfucker. You're not well-liked. Trust me, a lot of people are going to be laughing, cheering, when your ass finally goes. Stop trying to create sympathy and compassion for you, motherfucker. You're a dick. John Wiener's a dick. Your punk-ass producers are dicks. And you get what the fuck you got coming. Stop crying. Man the fuck up, man. Tighten your motherfucking garter belt up, fat boy. I'm, I'm shocked and hurt. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. You know what? You know what? I, I need one of the listeners of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast to get this in script form. I'm going to perform this shit better than him. That, that's what I'm going to do. We need, we need to get this written out, and I'm going to perform this better than this fat motherfucker because I'm better than you at acting I'm better than you at talking shit and I'm better looking motherfucker you look like shit you didn't take heed to my advice that I gave you about a year ago when I said get yourself some blue astringent and fix your fucking face you didn't listen to me trust me this is a company man pleading copping pleas faking jacks done with this motherfucker yo we're getting into the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast me, G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Brian Scalabrini, a.k.a. the White Mamba. It's the White Mamba, White Mike segment of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. But first, let's get into it with G. Moody. Let me hear some funk. Let's go. Yo, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast prides itself on being funny, and hilarious stories make the world easier to live in, but so does saving a life. Register today with DKMS. That's DKMS. And you could have the opportunity to give a blood cancer patient a second chance at life. You'll simply receive a swab kit in the mail, swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. It's simple, it's a good thing to do, and just think about it. If you become a donor, both you and the patient that you will save will have the best story to tell. All right, register today at dkms.org for free. It's free. You get a free swab kit or text BARSTOOL, B-A-R-S-T-O-O-L, to 500555 for more information. Okay, go to dkms.org for a free swab kit or simply text Barstool, B-A-R-S-T-O-O-L to 50555 for more information. It's a good thing. It's a smart thing. It's a generous thing. I'm doing it. You should do it too. For the third year running and still gunning, the 2017 podcast co-host of the year, Gerald Moody. Last name rhymes with dude. He's the black epic man. To the White Arsenio Podcast, co-host of the year again, yo. Complete three-peat, no, he can't be beat. That's right, he did it again. It's an incredible feat. I'm talking Chimonetti, 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 Chimonetti. Always ready now. Chimonetti, Chimonetti, 
All right, as I told you, it's official. Congratulations, G Moody. Last mm-hmm. name rhymes with duty. Mm-hmm. They're now calling you Three Monetti. <laughs> so it's <laughs> I, it? I, it's good. That's good. I'm Doc Severinsen, Paul Schaefer, and Black the, uh, Ed McMahon all mixed in one. Yes, the greatest <laughs> podcast co-host in the history of podcasting. <laughs> now you said. That if you won the third podcast coach of the year, you were going to retire and go play yeah. baseball like Michael Jordan? Yeah, yeah, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm playing stickball. Okay, yeah. great. All right, so if you don't know, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. We have new listeners week after week, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the love. Yes, me too. Um, and the support. Um, if this is the first time listening to me and G Moody Rock, just know that this is the only podcast that prides itself on no fact-checking. Yep. No fact-checking. My name is Michael Rappaport. I am G. Moody. A.K.A. G. Monetti. My name is Michael Rappaport, A.K.A. The Gringo Man Dingo, A.K.A. A White Mike, A.K.A. Mr. White. Folks, if you find that offensive, you can hang up. Yeah, hang up. If that's offensive to you in 2017... Get away from us. Sorry to offend you. Yeah, everything is offensive. If that's offensive, uh, you don't know what the hell you got coming to you. Yeah. Everything's offensive in 2017. People are offended about my Twitter when they don't follow me, but they read my Twitter. And I say, beat it, bish. What happened? What lately? It's just in general. Like, oh. they're offended. I'm like, you don't even follow my Twitter, but you're reading my Twitter feed. Right, 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 right. So if you find what I wrote offensive to the world... Well, now that you're talking shit, I'm going to come at you. Mm. I'm going to come at you. Your, your, your dog, your cat. Your cross-eyed son. And if your kid's buck tooth, I'm going to talk about him too. You don't have to follow me. I know. Motherfuckers, I be reading. Motherfuckers be writing soliloquies to your ass. Yo, it's Twitter. We not in a fucking relationship. I know, man. You sending me poems and your thoughts and asking me, why don't you feel like that? And I want to get you. We don't care. Yo, 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 yo. It's a lot of times. It's it's girls and guys. It's male feminists. Like yo, the interview with Charlemagne the God. Yes. Great. That was great. And you know what's great about Charlemagne? Peace to Charlemagne. Because he's a shit talker. Like people expect if you're on Twitter, social media. And or if you have some sort of celebrity, you're supposed to be like the Pope, like pure bread. Yo, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to listen to the podcast. You don't have to watch my Instagram, my Instagram stories. And if you don't follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and you popping shit, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you're man. making the choice to be offended. Fuck you. Baby. Yeah. It's not Fuck the you, place baby. for that, man. Rest your nerves, man. So. As I told you on this uh, this episode, I went up to Boston. Big support up in Boston. A lot, lot of fans up there in Boston. I want to give a shout out to Boston. We haven't done a live show up there. Um, we got to do it. I went up there to go see the Celtics play. My man, Brian Scalabrini. Scals. Who I rocked with during the big three. Um, they call him the White Mamba. <laughs> yeah. So we did a segment of uh, the White Mamba. Meets White Mike in Boston. 
And, and Brian Scalabrini, when you hang around him, you know, he was on that championship team that Kevin Garnett said anything is possible. Yeah. And most people think that they were saying anything is possible. Like he was saying anything is possible. Like, you know, you could be in the championship and I won. I think that Kevin Garnett was saying anything is possible. If Brian Scalabrini could be in the fucking NBA, anything is possible. <laughs> right, right, right. Scals. Scals is good, man. Scal is good. Uh, I got to break his fucking balls because, first of all, he didn't get me the courtside seats that I was fortunate to have. My man Ty did. Um, he didn't give me the internet password to the to the new Boston Garden. I had to pay for it. Uh, he's like, I'm up there. Like he's like, Yo, I'm gonna pick you up, but can you walk four blocks down? I'm like, motherfucker. I'm gonna pick you up, but walk. And it's freezing cold. It's not like, oh, it's a spring day. I'll go for the walk. Right. But we had a good time. And uh, I got to sit courtside for the Celtics game. Did they give you hell out there? Did they see? No, nah, they you gave were? me love. They gave love. Oh, they were okay. They they gave me crazy. They didn't love. hear the Brady bash then. Oh, they they know about the Brady. I th- I think Boston sports fans have better sense of humor than we think. Than we think. Okay. Online, not so much. In real life, like I said, it face to face. It's all love. Yeah, keyboard thugs. They can hide online. Yeah. Everybody was so cool, nice, friendly, and they. I had the New York Yankees hat on. I mean, I represent New York. I had the Yankee. I, I met the new uh, general manager, the new manager, the new coach of the Red Sox. I tipped my Yankee hat to him. I got a Yankee hat on. Why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't I? I got the Yankee hat on. Party's over, guys. You guys won your World Series. It, it's over. You won one, right? Two, I think. Well, so what? We got 29. Yeah, we don't Man, give, who a, give fuck. a fuck. We're not impressed. Um, but here's my observations. I saw the Utah Jazz play the Boston Celtics. Donovan Mitchell should be rookie of the year. Donovan Mitchell, who went to Louisville, is averaging 18 points a game. Dwayne Wade-ish, New Yorker, played for Riverside Church, Mm. two years at Louisville, got to do a podcast with him. Dope-ass podcast. Good, Good dude. Good dude. New York guy. But a good dude. Sweet dude. Young <laughs> like, kid. 21 years old. He should be the rookie of the year over Ben Simmons stat-wise. I don't think he'll be able to top Ben Simmons. But as the season progresses and people get more familiar with him, they're going to see that Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz is contending for the for the rookie of the year. Right. Ben Simmons, Philadelphia 76 is a lot, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. Um, He's dope. Uh, uh, got to do a podcast with my man Jonas Jarepko from Sweden. He was the dude who played for the Celtics last year. We talked about it on the podcast. He was talking a lot of shit to the Cavaliers when they played them in the playoffs. Okay. He was out there getting crunk. And then, of course, I got to see Kyrie Irving live and in the flesh as a Boston Celtic. Right. I'd never seen somebody score so fucking fast. Yo, that motherfucker be getting to the basket so quick. Really? And he does these, yo. Ill dribbles, right? Yo, shit you need to put on slow motion. Ill dribbles. <laughs> but he came out to the game wearing some Miley Cyrus hodgepodge Nikes. What do you mean? He had a pair. I'm, I'm vaguely colorblind. What? They were like four different colors. It was like... None of them were green, by the way. Okay. He plays for the Celtics. None of them were green, white, or black. Do you, Duke? Right. 
But your shit looks like an arts and crafts project. <laughs> but he busting ass out there, so what can you say? But everybody's like, oh, them shits are fire. You wouldn't wear those. The only person who could get away to wear those is Kyrie Irving. Yeah. If your game is that ill, you could wear them right, shits. Right, But that's not for cooling out. That's some rainbow bright type shit, right? You, you, you have to be as good as Kyrie Irving to wear those. Right. They got like a little scribble on them. Go to Miley Cyrus's Instagram page. She does like Archie Crash Project. Immediately when I saw Kyrie Irving's sneakers, I thought of Miley Cyrus. Okay. Well, he, he's a unique guy. He I'm thinks just, the earth is flat. Yeah, well. Yeah. Why should not, he have it, those it's sneakers? Not flat. Yeah. It's, not, it's not fucking flat. It's not fucking flat. What a crazy week. Um, this whole Roy Moore, Doug Jones... Roy Moore, check this out, Duke. Yo, it's been like seven, eight days since since you you ran. You lost, Duke. He he won't concede. Oh, he's not conceding. Oh, you, you, you're not conceding. Uh, Roy's like, yo, let's see what we could do, B. Not, not Roy. You lost, Duke. Oh, oh, you lost, Duke. Duke. Duke, you lost. My man, you lost. You you're not winning anything by yeah. saying you didn't lose because you already fucking lost. Yeah. You understand? You need to concede, Duke. You lost, Duke. Duke, the shit's over. He's like, oh, I'm not going to concede, and maybe there's this, maybe there's yeah. that. Yo, the, they're into the next game. Like, they went, my man went to the next, he's going to Washington. You're done. Right. And his wife was talking about, I love Jews. She and said, I yeah, love, they got a uh, Jew lawyer. She said, I got yeah. a Jew lawyer. Well, now you're fucking Jew lawyer. Hopefully. That that high priced Jew lawyer that you were so proud about <laughs> yeah. could do something about these sexual assault cases that are lingering. Cause you was fucking with young girls, Duke. And when you got sexual assault cases all over the country that are just coming in droves, the best thing you could do is have a fucking Jew lawyer. <sighs> Happy Hanukkah, you cocksucker. <laughs> A lot of people were requesting we talked about the the blowback from that kid, Keaton Jones. Yeah. Everybody knows who it was. He was bullied online. But he was saying N-words to motherfuckers. I, I don't blame him. When you look at the parents, the father's the a white supremacist. The, the, yeah. the, the deadbeat dad is a, is a white supremacist. Yeah. The mom's got pictures of herself with Confederate flag. They got it from, he got it from her, from them. Not to say that he shouldn't be old. He's a kid. He's a kid. But that is going to be like something like the world never forgets, the Instagram thing. Right. And the blowback of that and how everybody jumped on it. And then, I mean, white, black. That's Danny Aiello Aiello'd him in the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yo, we got to, some things we got to fact check, man. Because, uh, yo, we, we got to vet these motherfuckers because um that was fucked up for us to go at this dude and say, and people gave money to a hustle. The mom put, the mom really put that video together and was kind of coaching this cat. So that was a, a GoFundMe hustle. And she got 50 grand. Right. Yo. And, and the fucked up thing is, you could already see that kid's life. He gonna have a tough, a tough, there's plenty of kids that have tough shots. Yeah. But it's just sort of like indicative of the year of 2017. 
Very 2017. They did that. That whole Keaton Jones thing was very 2017. Yo, Black Thought. Oh, we have to, yeah. Oh, MC yeah. from the Roots. You say your thing, I'm going to say mine. Dropped a freestyle on Funkmaster Flex. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Funkmaster Flex is an iconic New York DJ personality producer. Radio personality, yeah. And for those of you who do know, know that. And it seems like the whole world and Twitter, again, this is a good thing, part of Twitter, they were all hipped to this 10-minute freestyle that Black Thought did on Funk Flex. And for a lot of people, it was like the first time they heard of him. And I say good, because the, the the old school dude to me uh, is like, Man, this motherfucking Funk Flex has been doing this for years. Black Thought from the Roots, years. who's on the Fallon show, has been doing it for 20 fucking years, freestyling, rhyming. If, if you never heard DJ J period, J period, First of all, you should check him out. He got ill mixes. He got like a tribe mix. He got a Nas mix. He got a, a, a Lauren Hill mix. But he has a best of the roots mix. J period. Look him up. Smacker. And we talked about it before. He's got an old James Brown mix with Black Thought rhyming on it. Yep. Which is nuts. So for all that, people that... You know, never heard of or never paid attention to Black Thought. It, yeah, it was illustrated. It, for me, when I saw that, it kind of separated. He, what, what? I'm, I'm sure he he doesn't realize. He probably didn't realize what he, what, what he was doing. But he separated hip hop, real like authentic MCing and rapping from what's being presented as hip hop today. That really, if you don't even like hip-hop music or you don't know anything about it and you were to view that video you couldn't uh you have to say man wow look at that and, and to me it was like picasso's guernica it was a man who who has spent hours and hours and hours perfecting his craft studying his craft yeah hours and hours studying the culture yeah that guy's an encyclopedia and 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 to me that was like he perfected his craft like, the craft of MC and the craft of rhyming is like the craft of playing the drums, playing the clarinet, playing the flute, playing the cello, being an opera singer. Like, this, this, this dude and, and a lot of dudes, they take it the same way. It's like an instrument. Right. And when you watch that Funk Master Flex Black Thought freestyle, you go, that is artistic, and this is a man who perfected his craft. Now, he's going to keep going, and he'll keep perfecting and keep growing and keep growing. But, like, that was, like, at that moment, a yeah. benchmark yeah. of perfection. That's like Jordan hitting 55 points or Kobe Bryant hitting 81 or, like, Dan Marino or Tom Brady or Reggie Jackson's three home runs. In that moment, It's yep. like that perfection of what you do. And people who don't know it, don't know uh, hip-hop music and, yo, watch the video – Look at the flair. Look at the charisma. Look at the, he's in the pocket. He's all over the place with the rhymes. Every word, the diction, every word is clear. Sense, make, it's not nonsense. Yo, this is, separates real hip-hop music from trap music, which is, I mean, to, to compare the two is a disservice to the young guys. It's a disservice because it's like, that's not uh, what, what, what uh, 
Black Thought did is is clearly not what we're hearing on the radio. No. It's to- so you can't say what you hear is hip-hop if you see Black Thought doing that. No, and, and, and MCing. And also, um, you know, like, you hear my voice a little fucked up. Like, for me to talk for 10 minutes straight, like, if, you, if you're doing, like, a 10-minute monologue, that, that, that's taxing. Right. Just the physicality of it. Right. The fact that he rocked 10 minutes nonstop. Some people were saying some of it was written, some of it was freestyle. I don't give a fuck what, what it, was. it was. Right, that you could hold that, that like that. That, that dude yeah. has so many songs and rhymes in his head. His, his, his catalog is so big. Right. He did a great... That was like KRS kicking motherfuckers off the stage. Yo. That was like, yo, we separating this shit, B. This is rap music. This is hip-hop shit. I don't know what that's called, but it shouldn't be... Uh, confused with what we just saw. And it was a benchmark yeah. in hip-hop. Right. It needed identity because they confused the identity and now it's mainstream. And then, okay, if check this rap. What they should have done is put that juxtapose with a trap artist, with Migos or somebody. Then you would clearly see this is a, a totally different music. And there's nothing wrong with me. Nothing, nothing wrong that with that. Shit. But it, it, would, it would illustrate really the difference because it's a disservice to call those guys MCs yeah. when you see Black Thought. That shit should be in the Smithsonian. That was some shit. That was some shit. Right. That was, that was hearkening back to the early New York MCs with that flair, the syllables, the punchlines, uh, stretching the rhyme to fit. Yo, that's, that's how motherfuckers did it. And I'm sure him coming from Philadelphia, he was raised on that early New York MC shit. He, he talks about it in Beats, Rhymes, and Life, The Travels of a Tribe Called Quest. Right. That, dude, that dude is like studies this shit. Yeah. Like he can, I guarantee you, if you run into Black Thought, you go, yo, you, you, you could ask him about Red Man. He'll kick every Red Man rhyme. You could ask him about Melly Mel. Anybody. He, he studies this shit. Grandmaster Cass, all and that he, shit. He knows all of it. You could, when, when I saw that, it reminded me of the tapes we used to get in 82, 81, where we used to hear this shit from the Bronx. The motherfuckers had little tapes, and it's all that flair and just that rhyme style, and you, it just makes you nod your head. And, and if you if you haven't heard it, yo, Miles, kick, play a little bit of that shit. Pantomime, I made an element you can't combine. I'm at a level of intelligence you can't define. Einstein, Shakespeare, Voltaire, Tesla, recording artist slash psychology professor. I preach for the East, never fold under pressure. The beats from the East, and I glide like Clyde Drexler. And yo, my new name is 85 X's, cause I'm the rap game certified specialist. Um, so you you hear him? He's rocking, he's rolling. And Funkmaster Flex, who's seen everybody, was like, oh, shit. Like, the dude's going up to the freestyle. He could have just done 90 seconds. And no disrespect uh, to, to, to Nas, to uh, uh, all of them, Jay-Z, all the living rappers. I don't think anybody could do that. That was clearly the best. Period. Clearly. Period. It doesn't Content. Mean he, yo. There wasn't no uh, romanticizing drug deals. Nothing. None of that, that, that sucker shit. It was and about... And there was no cursing. Right. Maybe two words. Two, two fuck words. But they were, they were in... It wasn't in context. 
Miles, play a little bit more of that shit. When I was reckless, I was worried about the guest list. I'm helping rappers everywhere for filler. Death wish, yo flex. I'm glad we made contact. My nigga also know this shit for combat. Brain matter contain too much data. I tell a story like fingerprints and blood splatter. You see what it is? Black Dodge Funk Flex, one motherfucking take. For your fucking cornball niggas coming up here doing 50 takes? You just saw what it's supposed to be. Ciroc Studios. You mad? Fuck yourself. Stop the bombs! <laughs> so good. So dope. So impressive. And and usually a lot of times when they do these long freestyles, they'll, they'll, they'll change the beats. Like Sway, he'll, they do it with the five fingers of death. They'll change the beats. For him to be in the pocket, it's like a John Coltrane yeah. solo. Yeah. Or like a Jimi Hendrix solo. Drummer solo where you just rock it. Like a John Bynum solo. Yeah. So shout out to Black Thought. Man. Shout out to The Roots. Yo, I've talked to Questlove in the past about trying to do a Roots documentary. Like, people have asked me, like, yo, would you do a doc? you do a doc? And of course, you know, there's so many different groups. But, you know, like Gangstar, it's hard to do a doc when one of the members is passed. Eric B. and Rakim, that's, a, that's an enticing idea. You know, BDP, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. These are all right. enticing ideas. Doing a Roots documentary, I would get out of hip-hop documentary retirement just because I know their story and their history, yep. and they have such a different upbringing and the, the interchangeable parts of the group. So Questlove, Amir, Tariq, Black Thought, I have, I have my hand out now if y'all want to do this doc. I'm down to do this right. doc. I want to see you rock. I'll do it again. <laughs> I want to be a part of that. See you rock again. No doubt. Because the Tribe Doc, we, we, we won the awards. Right. We're certified fresh right, on right. Rotten Tomatoes. Hell yeah, you down by law. All right, coming up next, I got my main man, Brian Scalabrini. It's the White Mamba meets White Mike segment of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Talking basketball, talking Boston Celtics, talking Big Three. Tell me why he thinks and knows Charles Oakley is a good guy. Some NBA stories. What's going on in the NBA so far? The rookies that have came through Boston to play the Celtics. My main man, the white mama, Brian Scalabrini. Let's go. The Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress, the outrageously comfortable mattress that I have been sleeping on since we started this podcast. You probably heard about it millions of times on this podcast. You see the ads. It lives up to all the hype and expectations. Real customers have said the Casper mattress is like sleeping in heaven. Like the tinkling of baby laughter in the moonlight. If you have to compare sleeping on a Casper mattress to anything, what would it be? How about sleeping on a fucking cloud? Okay, that's what it feels like when I go to sleep on my Casper mattress every single night. That's a fact. I remember the first morning I woke up on a Casper mattress. I was so energized and ready for the day. I felt like a billion bucks, not a million, a billion bucks. I also got to tell you about their brand new duvet. It's like nothing I've ever felt that keeps you warm and cool at the same time. Okay? Instead of goose feathers, they use duck. That's right. They use fucking duck. You won't believe the difference. With the mattress you can lay on, sleep on, skeet on, do whatever you want to do on. Casper mattress is the best mattress in the world. Buying a Casper is easy. Order online. It's delivered to your door in a compact box. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's delivered in a box. Free shipping, free returns. It's available in the United States, Canada, and now the UK. Considering we spend one-third of our lives on a mattress, it's so important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper offers you a 100-night sleep trial. That means you get to sleep on the fucking mattress for 100 nights. And I got a special offer for listeners of this year I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Go to casper.com slash Rappaport. Save $50 towards any mattress purchase. It'll change your life. It'll change the way you sleep. It'll change the way you rest. It'll change the way you feel when you get up. Go to casper.com slash Rappaport. All right. Here we go. It's the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. You got to pick up the mic, Scal. I will, but just like, you didn't even ask me a question okay, yet. Okay, but just don't get unruly yet. I'm good. That's how I'm going to be with you. That's Please don't be unruly. Are. Okay, I'm your guest in Boston. I've had to, you I'm know. your guest on the podcast. So I've been nothing but nice. Picking your ass up, driving you to dinner. I mean, picking your ass up, driving you to the game. <laughs> what else do you want me to do? All right. It's the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast with... The Mamba, White Mamba, Brian Scalabrini. All right, Celtics, basketball. It's been an exciting year. First question. Dang, you not even like, yo, man, what you been up to since the big three? Well, let me you're get killing to it. me, man. Because well, I know you're going to rush me anyway. You're like, oh, you know, like. No, 30 minutes. That's what you got. Okay, cool. If a real host can get some shit done in 30 minutes. 30 minutes is easy. I just know, like, you got hecklers in here. <laughs> we could, like, no, this, is, this is my world now, man. It's not your Hollywood world where everyone's like acting like everything is cool, man. This is Boston. We keep it real out here, man. <laughs> you, what do you think this is? Like you're walking around here thinking everyone's gonna be nice to you because you were on like six episodes of Friends and you're in two movies and now you think you're so you're in White Famous and this new move this new show on Showtime plug by the way you're thinking like you can walk around here no pass if I wanted to I can kick your ass out of here in a second I got courtside seats that I had to pay for you you could have called me I could have got it for free. That's how stupid you are. Like, when I come to your city and I, I want to be on the Dude, backstage. you're not going to get some court seat, courtside seats. No, no, but I want to go backstage and watch, like, a movie being taped. You're going to hook me up. I'm going to hook you up. But I'm not going to ask my agent to talk to them. I'm going to talk to you. Why would you not talk to me about tickets here? That's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. All right. All right. Check this out. All right. So, big three. Next season, we're back. The games are live. Yep. Now, I think you had a less than impressive season. Till the end. Till the end. You, I don't you weren't you... in Seattle. You know, my best game was in Seattle, which makes me start to think that maybe you shouldn't be around if I'm going to play well. <laughs> now, are, are you staying in shape? Because you had to sort of get in shape. No, 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 no. I was playing 11 minutes a night. I, I'm in shape. I'm in shape, but I'm what I got to do a better job of is getting – Paul Pierce on my team. That's what I got to do. That's what forget, you're trying to do. Forget me trying to like make a difference. I got to get Pierce on my team. Do you think if Paul Pierce joins the big three, he's going to want to team back up with you? Like, why would Paul Pierce, if he comes in the big three, like, like to yeah, me, that I, seems like it's like, no, nah, I don't want to be a part of that. No, that's actually a really good question, and I can't give you an answer. I don't know why he would want to team up with me. Exactly. I can sit here and make something up. I don't think you should Boston, go after him. In Boston, I don't have to make stuff up. In Hollywood, you make up lies. Here, I keep it real, man. I don't know why he would want to team up with me, except that our uniforms are green. Yes. And, you know, like if we come to, back to Boston, everyone would be all in on the ball hogs. Have you reached out, spoken to in yeah. any way, shape, or form to yeah. Paul Pierce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's checking it out. He's and, sniffing around. And he's going to see how his body feels in January. He's going to let me know. He'd be a great three-on-three player. He'll be – I mean, what, whatever you name it, one through five, one-on-one, two-on-two, it doesn't matter. He's a great player. 
and he's sick. But I'm saying for for that because he he aged well. His basketball oh, yeah, aged well because yeah. he was never like Mister, you know, dunk. You know, he, was, he yeah. had quickness, but like he was, he has that hurt. He's got all the moves. Yeah, no, nah, Paul Paul would be great in the big three, and he loves the hoop, so it'll be fine. All right, Paul Pierce, you heard it from the White Mamba. All right. But how'd you like going out last night? White Mamba, White very, Mike. White Mike, White Mamba. It was very unimpressive. Like I felt like <laughs> we went to like a like a we went to a nice place. Shout out to the people, the the very nice people. And they were yeah. like, I was expecting something like cool, like, you know, like five star Michelin restaurant. No, like I'm not doing that. Chowder, like something no. like that. And I like we're basically in a dive bar. No disrespect. Yeah, Good yeah, meal, yeah. but like that's my spot. But why if I come to town, that's the best you could do for me? Why don't why don't I get something special? That was special. It was not really special. I mean, no. You, then you, I must have the that, fact that you were like you like when the check no, came, you acted like is, you had to go to the bathroom. It was all sorts of bullshit going on when the check came. You wind up paying, but then you're like, <laughs> I can't see how much tip. I'm like, I'm not reaching into my wallet. I'm not reaching into my it wallet. It was dark, and I need glasses when I read. I ain't gonna bring my glasses out. Do you have reading to, reading glasses? Yeah. Do you now? Do you think when you play the big three next season, you're gonna have to have goggles because you in goggles? Would be must watch TV. <laughs> I don't. I ain't reading anything while I'm doing what I'm playing. I'm but just what, hooping. Okay. Even, no. Let me just say this though. You 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 can make that stuff up if you want the check thing. You made that up. But when I look at you, right? Yes. And I think like I'm taking my boy Mike Rap out. Yes. No way, shape, or form do I look at you and think five star dining. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like, look at you, man. I, Go check yourself out in the mirror. I'm not thinking. I know. Like, I'm not. Never in my mind am I thinking. I gotta take this guy out to the best restaurant. Like I mean, but you don't take me to a hole. You took that me to wasn't a, a hole. A hole. You took me to a hole. That wasn't a hole. It was like right up your alley. There was like nothing but sevens and eights in there. That was like right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to places that are ten? You ain't a ten. I want a special spot, man. Like I want a special. That, then you should have hung out with the Jazz and went to uh, Strega Strip. <laughs> I mean, they, listen, you know the Utah Jazz were like, "Yo, we're going to like." Yeah, a, yeah, I know, I know. And but, I'm like, I'm, I'm rocking with Scal, and then like I'm like I'm in a diner. I'm basically in a diner. It wasn't a diner. It was dinerish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I wanted to be appropriate, like to what you are. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> you're a seven. I now, give you a seven. You, you, you got on the custom jacket, the custom suits, and all. So you have to get these made. Like, do they stitch inside their white mamba or scowl? Because they like, put, they put scowl. They put scowl in there. Yeah. Wait, let me see. Let me see. Scowl. So that's a custom jacket, a one of a kind. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously. Let you me can, see. You they put get, scowl in there. You can get, you can get the. Uh, Why don't you get mamba? Like, why don't you get Mamba put in there? I mean, Mamba's like an alter ego that I use once in a while. But when I wear the suit and I'm here at the game, I'm Scow. Okay, fine. Yeah. All right. This season, basketball. Finally. The, that's, that's a proper introduction, by the way. Great job. That's good. I mean, the people, listen, we got 30 minutes if you give me that. The, the, the people have been dying for the White Mike, White Mamba podcast. They've, they've wanted it for months. It, it could be a road show. Were you at that crazy game, the, the Gordon Hayward game? No, because those are national games, first game. So we stay here unless like I'm already on the road, but I was not there. What has been the sort of uh, effect, after effect, like of, 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 well, of that it, I, for the team, for the Celtics? Because yeah, if, sure. if people don't know, Scal is the broadcaster. Yes, I'm an analyst for the, for the Boston Celtics, for the TV station here in Boston. You analyze basketball. I mean, that's all I do. Okay. What has been the, the fallout from the because that was gruesome. So I mean scary. Like the, the team the team struggled. They of struggled course. the next game and they've been they've been and they started winning the sixteen in a row. So they turned it around and like uh 
guys have stepped up. Like that's what pro- professionals do. Coach Stevens has done a great job of putting guys in a position to succeed. It's been good, but I think ultimately, which is like this is like the downfall of this. Like it's great to see the team playing well, but I just feel it, you you can't get over that hump unless you have Gordon Hayward. That's right. how. But I but I do feel that if he's out this year. The silver lining in all this is like guys got a chance to play and develop, and that's what you're seeing right now. Even though, if like if cha- if it's championship or bust for you, then it's really disappointing that he got hurt because he is exactly what this team is missing: another player to get to the lane and make a good basketball play, whether it's finishing, going to the rim, or you know pitching the ball out to a guy for three. That's what he provides, and. They just they have that in Kyrie. Al Horford at times been really good at that, but you just need one more to beat LeBron or the Cavs. Kyrie, you've been courtside to watch him. You you were articulating last night. We were saying like he's like what did you say? He's like as if N one mixtape yep. and Rod Strickland and Allen Iverson. If and N one mixtape, Allen Iverson and Rod Strickland had a kid. Kyrie Irving <laughs> is like that. Yeah. He has the handles of like all that. Yeah, like you mix that. You take like. All the good in all that. You know what I mean? The, you know, the shot, like Iverson when he's hot, Rod Strickland finishing at the rim. You know, Iverson was a great finisher, but he only used his right hand. Rod Strickland used both, right? And one mixtape with the killer crossover and all that, but only the good part of it, not the bad part of it. Those three people hooked up, and boom, Kyrie Irving was spit out. Break down, like, watching him closely this year, what you've noticed. The biggest thing that you'll see, and this is something I've never seen before, is when he attacks a big, he goes nose-to-nose nose with the guy. What do you he, mean? Like, he goes straight at a guy. Like, if normally, like, if I was playing you and I want to go around you, I would take right or I would take left, right? Whatever. That's how you go around somebody. Kyrie waits until the last minute, and he goes right at the guy. And when that guy makes, like, a, a, a twitch one way or a twitch another way, he's going to counter that. And that's something I've never in my life seen before, and he does it consistently. And you're going to see your court side today – just watch. I'm courtside today. I tickets that you didn't help me with. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because you never asked. I'm just saying. You, if you ask, I, you I, get. I, I got I got I got tickets from somebody else. It's fine. Okay, Let's just so stay focused. Go. You, he'll he'll attack a guy right into his airspace, and as soon as that guy makes a move, maybe that guy takes a step back. Kyrie will take a step back. My point is that last like split second of a decision that must go in slow motion for him. You know, like there's no way he can make these type of moves at the last minute without the, like, the game being ultra slow for him. And he's talked about it. He talked about in the fourth quarter how the game really slows down for him. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Just watch this guy perform down the stretch. Like the way that he moves, I've never seen anything like that. And I've seen some great players like Isaiah, like Jason Kidd was phenomenal. Derrick Rose was a freak of nature, right? He would just elevate and, and, and float by guys. I've, I've never seen anybody that does this, attacks guys like this, finishes around the rim like this. I've never seen it before. Who are the other players this year that have come into the garden that that have impressed you? Lonzo Gian- Bulls? Yeah, Gian- Giannis. Giannis. Off the charts. He had In this building, he's had, if I'm not mistaken, it's either 36 or 38, and then a 40-piece. Is it, it is his size? Is yeah. it the whole thing? The arms? Yeah. Like yeah. The, He dunks from I, like... Yeah. He turns, he hits, he spins, he elevates, and then like most guys would just like lay up or shoot it. Like he's like elevating, like, oh man, there's the rim. Bam, smash on you. Al Horford's our center at times. He made Al Horford look like a two guard. And and, and this is like their three man. And he's like LeBron is the most physically impressive specimen in the league. Giannis is a close second. Is he going to be able to even 
get a jump shot because he gets to the basket so easily. I call it the Pearl Washington syndrome. Pearl Washington, high school, college, layups, layups. It was like not a problem. So I don't think he never thought about developing a jump shot. Why do I need a jump shot if I keep getting to the basket? They keep saying if Giannis gets a three or if Giannis gets a jump shot, is he even going to need that? Yeah, I mean, to, to win a championship, to win an MVP – He's, he's going to have to develop two things, right? One, he's going to have to develop somewhat of a jump shot, preferably off the dribble, right? If guy really sags off of him, then he can just pull up off the dribble. And two, he's going to have to learn how to make plays off of pick and rolls. And that's with, with the ball in his hands, not when he's a screener. He's been really good as a screener, but to ultimately be the MVP caliber guy, you got to be able to make basketball plays. He's great in transition. He's great out of the post because he can see over guys. But ultimately, in this in this league, to be really good, you got to be able to run pick and roll. He and and he can see over the defense. But if he's consistent on the pick and roll, the league is 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 through. It it really is over. He's that good. Yeah, like it's there's a, there's something to be said about guys who can physically dominate the game. There's there's skill like Kyrie and Steph Curry, but like the Kevin Durant, the six eleven seven foot can handle that. The LeBron James, the guys bouncing off him. Like the guys who physically dominate the NBA, Russell Westbrook's another one, James Harden, I'd say another one, Kawhi Leonard's another one. Those oh. guys you have problems with because if their skill ain't going, they can still just body you up and get an easy basket. They still physically can dominate the game. It's not all based off of skill. I got you. So those are, they're like, there's really good skilled player and then there's another level. And that another level is guys who dominate the game physically. Is the NBA Eastern Conference back because it's been so – like growing up, it no. was – We're not – No, the East? The, 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 I'm saying the, the, the East are like the Knicks, the no. Celtics, the yes. Sixers. That was like growing up. Those were no, the teams. the Knicks are bad, man. No, we're, we're – what are you talking about? We're bad. We're, gay, we're, we're 12 and 12 there. We're, we're way better than we were last year. Uh, you, do you know what they're – at this point at, at last year, you had the same record. Yes. you know what, how many road games they played? N- not many. They played 10, and two of them were against Brooklyn – and they've won two. They're two and eight on the road. So the schedule is real. Go look at like, – and right now everyone's like Nick Fever. I love the Knicks. But, right. But I love Porzingis. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Porzingis. How good he, is he? Oh, he's unbelievable. But January is real for them. They have like a, the, like a Big Ten tournament, the Big East tournament, the, the, the Grammys are coming. Like, they're going to go on the road. Then, you, then we have this conversation. But you can't you, – they have the, like Sacramento has more road wins or the same road wins as the Knicks, but you're not saying that about Sacramento. They're taking care of business at home, but they got two road wins, so they got to start winning on the road if they're going to be real. Okay, but listen, we can't make the schedule. No, no, they're, they're, but if that's the case, they should be like twenty and six. All right, with all these home. Games. I'm trying to be optimistic about my Knicks. You know what I mean? I mean you can't do all that all you want. Just get, you got to sometimes dive into who you're playing, when you're playing, I back to you. backs. Road games, home games. Are you are you winning on the road? Are you winning a tough back to back on the road? Then you're good. That's when you're good. Right. Before you do that, you're not good. I got you. Um, Nick's Oakley. We got to hang out with Oakley. Uh, Best. Why do you? What is? Tell people what Charles Oakley's like. X player to X player. So like Charles Oakley keeps it 100. Yep. First of all, he'll call anybody out in the league. I love that. I do love the fact that he keeps himself in incredible shape. You know, like what's like, your excuse? For what? Not, not being, being in, shape? in shape. Like, because Oak's like 50 something. You're yeah. just turned 40. No, like, I work too much. <laughs> I mean, like, because you if just, I, I, I think it's like the 7 a.m. shows, the Yahoo sports. Like, you know, I work a you lot. You got a lot of jobs. I got a lot of jobs. Okay. But I'm, I'm, you know, I got my workout in yesterday, today, tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, I'll get them in. Okay. You know, I just, you know, like, but I'm, 
I'm going to be gearing up for it. Okay. Okay. So anyway, I gotta so, get on that HGH. I think. Yeah. We, they ain't gonna test me in the big three, no, are they? No, 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 no. I, I, me and you should get on like a little. Yeah, we, we should, should look, do it, right? Like an experiment, like see how it affects, like very. You know, if me and you got six packs, <laughs> you know that stuff is we legit. Gotta, if HGH could get the Mamba and me six packs for the big three. Yo, it'll fix anybody. Yo. <laughs> no more, me- no more medicine needed. Nothing. <laughs> so Oak, so like, like being around because you know, like I, I have a relationship with him. It's like a fan. Like I love him, but you, you know, you're a player. Nah, Oak's the best. I got on the, uh, but Oak's the best. But he still intimidates the hell out of people. Let me tell you what happened. We're in Tulsa and we got to fly to Dallas. I got to go home. We're on a connect, right? For big three. Yeah, but our, but our in Tulsa, we got a delay. <laughs> So the flight attendant like, comes by and Oak's like, yo, what's up with this plane? So the flight attendant starts shaking like, I don't know. And then so he goes back and he's like, Oak says, yo, if I want to get off this plane right now and drive myself to Dallas, I can do that, right? And the guy's like, do you have luggage underneath? And, the guy, and Oak's like, yeah. Well, you can't get your luggage. Oak said, I'll climb underneath the plane, grab my own luggage. And once again, the flight attendant was shook. So even though Oak is a great guy, he he still has that intimidating factor. Just the way he looks, his disposition. No, it's not. It's, it's it's just the way he the way he talks to people. He's like he's intimidating. Even if he's like, yo, what you think LeBron's gonna do next year? <laughs> Even if it's like, excuse me, like you're like if he's yeah. asking for directions. Yeah. Yo, where's his place at? It's like, oh man, I don't know. Right. <laughs> what the? Okay, so so he was a big man. You were a big man. You were one of the sort of original because you're six nine or six six nine. Six nine, yeah. Okay. Oak was like he didn't leave the paint. You started stretching. Now you got guys in the NBA. Joel Embiid. He was all over the yeah, damn TV today. Yeah. Is the the old fashioned big man gone in the NBA? Is Probably, any, but I think it's not the fact, because Joel is six. I mean, yeah, seven two. Yeah, yeah, he's massive. But I just think it's because of the rules and the way the rules are. Explain it. Like if if you're allowed, like back in the 90s, it was really smart to throw the ball into the post because on the perimeter, they would hand check you. So if you're not allowed to touch somebody on the perimeter, then what is the best play you can run? Like if you still watch now, like guys are battling underneath, but on the perimeter, they're pretty much allowed to do whatever they want. You can't touch a guy. So if that's the case, then pick and roll becomes the name of the game. So you, if you're going to run pick and roll, you got to have the floor wide open, which you need shooting to have the floor wide open. The game, the name of the game now is pick and roll, and unless the rules change, it's always going to be that way. And what you basically want to do is put two on the ball and then move the ball and find an open guy for three. If you close out on a guy and he drives the ball to the basket and he collapses the defense, then you can dump off or kick it out to three again, and that's how teams are playing now. And that's the smartest way to play based on the rules. Now, if the rules change, then we might see guys who can post up again. But go watch like when guys battle underneath; they don't call ever call a foul. But on the perimeter, you like breathe on a guy, and it's a foul. So the NBA is going to adjust to whatever the rules are. How much has that physicality changed from when you first came in the league to what you're watching now as a broadcaster? I mean, it's dropped off a lot, like a ton. I mean, not not. Forget when I first came into the league. What year did you first come in? From 2001 to 2012, it's changed a lot. That's when you my played. career. Yeah. From 2012 to 2017, I, I think it's even got like like 10 times softer from on the perimeter. But it's but right now we have the highest skill level we've seen ever. Like every guy can handle the ball, every guy can shoot it. So we're seeing our, like the skill level is off the chart. And a lot of that has to do with you develop guys and run pick and roll because that's the best play to run. So you want everyone has to learn how to run it. 
Who's your favorite player to watch in the NBA? We had an argument. All time? No, right now. Uh, like, ben Simmons. Why? Because you don't see that every day. You don't see the unorthodox, non-shooting guy dominate, and he's an unbelievable passer. I mean, I don't want to jump on, like, like keeping it real, right? right. LeBron is the best player, right? right. I'm, but saying, yeah, but I'm not jumping on that. I'm not, and we're not stating the obvious. We're not yeah, saying the Durants, yeah, the Westbrook. Nah, ben Simmons is my, my favorite player to watch. Yeah, he's a 6'10 guy that plays point guard. He can't he's shoot. He's legit 6'10? Yeah, he's legit 6'10. He's an athletic freak, finishes with both hands. There's, he has no rhyme or reason when he elevates. He can jump off the right foot, finish with the right hand on the, on the left side. It doesn't matter. I love that about him. And he passes the hell out of the ball. Right. I agree. I, I see that guy is... A lot of people don't believe that. A lot of people I, think his shooting is eventually going to come back to bite him. I don't. I'm not one of those guys. He, well, he's a rookie. This is a really good rookie class. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them. But he's head and shoulders like, you know that that guy is an all-star. I, I think that, yeah. But, I, I, you know, like, you've been wrong. I've been wrong. We could, I, I, but I just, when I watch him, I, 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 just, I just, like, I grin when I watch him because this is the way he played. I just love the way he played. I wish I could watch that every single night. I can't. I love watching Embiid. I love watching Giannis. I love all that. But just, like, Ben Simmons is so different than the rest of them. I agree. You've seen most of the rookies this year, a lot of them. De'Aaron Fox, he had an okay game against the Celtics. What yeah. did you notice about him? The, probably the fastest guy in the league. Maybe the fastest guy of all time in the league. All time. As a rookie. Like, he's faster than John Wall. Jason Kidd is, like, my guy. I think De'Aaron Fox is the fastest guy to ever... The fastest guy with the ball to ever play. That you've ever seen? Ever in my life seen. He, his, his, his legs are blurry. They're blurred out there. You don't... You don't you did, he's unbelievable. i just never seen anything like that. Now, John Wall... Is fast and dominant and powerful, but I've just never seen when he puts on the Jets. It's like I've, I've I've just I've never seen that before. What about that's cool that you're saying that you you've seen Iverson in his prime, yeah, J.K. That doesn't mean that he's going to be great. Yeah, I, I right, think I he is going to be really good. I got that's you. just one aspect of his game. I, he's, these kids are nice. I mean, these, these sure, kids are sure. so freaking young yeah, yeah, when they yeah, come yeah. in. And you know, you saw the Lakers, Brandon Ingram last year. He looked like a WNBA player. I said it publicly. I'm saying it now. He looked crazy. Boom, he's improved now. He still has a lot of improvement, but yeah. you you definitely see like more confidence. Um, what did you think of Alonzo Ball? Have, I like Alonzo Ball. The hysteria of the Alonzo Ball it's thing. It's stupid. It's all because of his father. Like, like, this kid doesn't do anything. He doesn't say anything. Right. Like, I don't, like, if it wasn't for his dad, it'd be, it, it, he, like, he would never make the news. Right. Never. Like, just think about how crazy that is. Right. Like, all, like, these parents are all nuts. Like, my mom's nuts. Like, everybody's nuts. They think their kid's the greatest thing ever. I don't know why the media gave him a platform, maybe because he was so outlandish, but like the kid doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything wrong. Right. He's a solid kid. Like his teammates like to play with him, but like everyone wants to talk about him because of his father. Like how messed up is that? It's crazy. It's so stupid. It's what, so stupid. What did you think of his game? I mean, again, you saw him I play like him, once. You know, like I'm a big fan of Jason Kidd, obviously. I played with him for four years in New Jersey. I like the way that he plays. He's not as athletic as Jason. Not physically gifted strength and not as fast but like he jumps higher is a little bit longer a little bit taller um but he's a great passer i i like the way that he makes the right pass he's not hunting out assist like lonzo ball makes 90 percent the right pass he gets the ball he kicks it ahead it doesn't mean that that guy's gonna get an assist i mean if you chart those things like quick passes that lead to buckets Alonzo Ball will be tops in the league when he's out there. But I just I just think he gets an unfair rap. But I think eventually that will die down. How good was, was Jason Kidd when you played with him? Like, um, is he, like, is he yeah, the best and, point guard that you played with? 
the best point guard at making players better. I, I played with Derrick Rose during the MVP year. Best, so he that's the best scoring point guard. But Jason Kidd, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one for a year, I'd, I'd pick Jason Kidd for a year. What, why was he so good? I mean, just like his IQ is off the charts. Like, what, what else? I mean, he's physically gifted. Uh, he can defend at a high level. He makes the right basketball play. Jason Kidd's another one that would get 11 assists and not search out assists. He would just play the right way. Just play basketball, and the results were. That's like the old school way. Like Larry Bird was 29, 10, and 8. And he just played. And at the end of the day, it was 29, 10, and 8. Like that's, he's not looking to hold the ball, get an assist. He's not like running offense to get stats. Just hooped. And Jason Kidd was the guy who just hooped. And his will to win is something I've never seen before. But I've never played what do, with what Jordan. Do you mean, will, will to win? win like, uh, will to win to me is like last five minutes of a game to, to go above and beyond what you should be capable of doing. That's the will to win. That's Jordan, Bird, coming up with a big steal, like the feel. Like, like it's like, when you have the will to win, you make some type of basketball play that helps you win. Jason Kidd did that for the, the, the two seasons where he sh- probably should have won MVP one of those. He did that the entire season. Just close game, figured it out of the way. He had, a, he had a game where we won by 30, had two points, one shot, 18 assists, right? It's just like he just has a – he's a winner. He will always be a winner. And when he plays – and he won a championship playing completely different than he played back in the day. He's just a guy that figures out ways to win. He, he's so sort of forgotten. Like, we, you talk about Nash. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it just because was, there was no flash in his game? I don't know why people forget. Like, like that to me is – I don't – I. I have him as an upper echelon point guard. I mean, I know I play with him, and I don't feel like I mean, I'm no, jaded. It's not like it's some like secret. He's sick. No, I just, I just don't. I just like uh, people want to see like, oh, this guy can score. This guy can do this. This guy can do that. Like to me, I care about winning. That's all I care about. Like watch people. Do they impact winning or not? There's a lot of players that don't impact winning at all. Jason Kidd, night in, night out. I don't. I don't need to. I could take a box score, throw it away, and I wouldn't change my opinion on. I don't need to know his stats. It's all time. I don't need to know any of that. The guy impacted winning. That's what matters to me. You, you're six nine. You've dealt with all sorts of beasts in the post. The three hardest people to guard, like we were just like Jesus Christ at the post. Oh, like the first guy is Corliss Williamson because I was young in the league. I was my first and second year, and I was that was like my matchup against Detroit when they were good. We were good. I, I had no. I should not have been on the court. He was like he embarrassed me. And uh, but because of what strength. I just, I, well, a lot of it had to do with I just didn't know technique, right? Like, there's, there is a learning process to growing and watching film and seeing what a guy does. I didn't know how to prepare to stop a guy. I got a little bit better once I started watching a lot more film. And maybe, like, he started getting older, but I could not. He, whatever I did, he'd counter. I, I could not stop him. Uh, the other guys, like Rasheed Wallace, I, I've, I've got matched up against him quite a few times, and it, I was just helpless, right? And he did it with skill. Like, I could watch all the film in the world, and I wasn't going to stop him. And then um, he's an underrated skill player. Oh, his yeah, personality yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, like footwork, winner back to all back. the way. Winner, like he's just a. Like, That's when, my phone, Scal. I know. Press it so I can see what time it is. It's we're not done with the podcast. Sure. I still have you for it's five thirty. I have exactly two minutes and okay. fifteen seconds. I want to get everything okay. I can out uh, of this. Rasheed damn Wallace, thing. yeah, he's like probably probably the most underrated player, like. If if Rashid had a, a different mindset, he'd be one of the greatest power forwards of all time. Um, did you ever play against Michael Jordan? Uh, so I played him at the Santa Barbara camp, and I played with him against when he was on the Wizards. What's Never Michael, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. What is playing against being around uh, Michael Jordan on a basketball court really like? Uh, Michael is uh, upper echelon competitive. 
Um, like I don't, I, I don't think I got a real sense when he was with the Wizards. It wasn't like the true Jordan, right? Not that he was bad. He just, I mean, like the rip your heart out, do whatever it takes. I, I don't think that, and even in his mind, I don't think he was like that with the Wizards, right? But in Santa Barbara, I got, ma- I, I got put on his team. George Raveling said, "Yo, Mike, I think you should take Scalabrini." And Mike looked at George. I hear all this. It was like going on ten feet from me. He looked at George Raveling. He's like the white boy. And George Raveling, who coached USC, now I played there. He didn't coach me, but he was a USC guy, and he called our games. He was like, trust me, Mike, you're going to want him on your team. So Mike picked me, and that week, that week, we didn't lose a game. So I was on Mike's team all week. I'd go out to the bars in Santa Barbara. Uh, he hooked me up. Like, that whole week, it was like, like he would come up to me. He's like, yo, make sure you get in your rest. We're going we gonna to roll these guys tonight. It was like That was like me and Jordan on the squad for a week. It was the greatest week ever in my life up until that point. That's dope. Yeah, it was like from a country kid who played one year at USC and now like my my hero is like calling me saying like, yo, make sure you get in your rest. Don't be going out too much. Like like take it easy at night because we going to roll these guys all week. And we were killing like Richard Jefferson, Gilbert Arenas, like all the, the college players never got it together. And it was like me, Jordan, and high school kids like Darius Miles, Omar Cook, um, uh, Maurice Taylor, Marcus Taylor, like all high school players, me and MJ, and we roasted guys all week long. That's a dope. Are you we, didn't, we didn't lose a single game, and we blasted them, blasted them, like the best players in college, guys who were like NBA all stars. We just like we just destroyed them all. What do you? Uh, my last question is this: I have exactly one minute. That's a lie. What do you think of? The, I mean, it's all day. I was watching TV today all day. LeBron, Kobe, Mike. LeBron, Kobe, Mike. It's like there's the only three basketball players that ever play basketball. Obviously, they're the best. Who's the best basketball player out of those three? Jordan's the best. I got LeBron second. Um, like I just like like I think Kobe was in the wrong era. If he was in today's game, oh Jesus, yeah. Like the, I just think like Kobe, like that the whole isolation versus running pick and roll. Like, I don't think that you would be able to stop Kobe if he played now, but he was just, like, more into the wrong – he was in the wrong era. He was playing the triangle, the isolation. I think his greatness, as great as he was, and he won the championships, and and he had Shaq and everything like that, I think his greatness is negated because if he would have played now, it would be unbelievable to watch him play. You could not stop him. All right. The White Mamba. White Mamba, White Mike. White Mamba, White Mike. Did you? How can you bring me a shirt this time? Because you know what? I didn't want to hear you complain. I didn't, I didn't want to hear you complain. All right, so White Mamba, White Mike, Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, for, you know, you seriously have a face for radio. I'm not, I'm not playing. Like, you seriously have a face for radio. That's funny because they always put me on TV, Mike. <laughs> the holidays is just around the corner. Okay, it's coming up. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's so many football games, basketball games, and hockey games you could score big with every single day. Go to mybookie.ag. I love this site. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Listen, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. 
They're the only site that I would recommend. I trust them. You don't have to take my word for it. Okay, go check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. It's so simple. Visit mybookie.ag today. Join now, and mybookie will match your deposit with up to 50% of a bonus. Okay? Use the promo code RAPAPORT, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, to activate your offer. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to mybookie.ag. Now use the promo code RAPAPORT. All right, we're back. Um, Another thing that happened last few days, this fucking guy, Lonzo Ball, showed up to his first games with the Los Angeles Lakers in Madison Square Garden, and it it caused a big uproar because he came in there wearing uh, a hoodie that was inspired. Let me me clarify this because a lot of people are fucking dumb. It's all over the internet. People are saying it was inspired by, it was written, the Nas Uh record. It was inspired by Illmatic because the Illmatic cover was Nas as a baby, as a young kid, and the It Was Written cover was Nas grown up in the same photo. Right. That's how much they don't know you about know this shit. shit. Yeah. People were like, yo, because I, I went on a rant. People were like, it was actually, it was written. It was written, was from Illmatic, you dumb fuck you. Word. See, this is, this is where the motherfuckers don't know about this, this, this shit, man. These are young dudes. Arrogance. You don't know about this shit, man. You were born in what? 90? <laughs> 95? Some of these people were just dumb. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not doing ageism. Because I don't like what motherfuckers try to say, oh, you old. Yeah. I tell motherfuckers, I don't give a fuck if I'm 70, 80, dead. You're never going to be as fly as me, cornball. <laughs> you, 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 you old motherfucker. I'm 47. I still, I still skeet. Mm-hmm. My fuck style is still buck wild. Got to be. And I'm still dope. So you ain't never going right. to be like me. Right. I'm old. I'm old, yeah. Motherfucker, when I'm 90, I'm still going to be flyer than you. You tight-ass fucking jacket. Talking greasy, you old. You corny motherfucker. That's the sh- bullshit here That's in America. Bullshit. In America. Oh, you old. I'm dope. That's that bullshit. Only this society... I don't know if that's true. We can we can romanticize all these other countries. I'm just letting motherfuckers know I'm dope. And if you're talking out the side of your lips, you're not dope. You talking greasy out of pocket? You 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 talking to the wrong guy. So he showed up to the game with a bullshit. It looked real light and flimsy too. A bullshit big baller brand hoodie <laughs> with his face over. The Nas Illmatic album cover. And he comes in all like okie dokie, like he's not paying attention. And everybody's been giving him a pass. Like his father does all the talking. He's just a kid. His father's the one that's stirring it up. Nah, that's when I was like, nah. Really? How so? Because the first time he came out saying Nas was irrelevant, he got a lot of flack. He should. From me and from all sorts yeah, of people. You can't diss our, our fucking guys. Okay, man. so, right. so and, then, and that was kind of, when I saw the whole clip, I was like, he's just a kid, he's just talking. You don't know, yeah. So, 
But for, for you to come into the garden wearing that, you make a choice. You know the cameras are rocking it. These guys, they, they know when I come into the game, it's like a fashion show. So you come in there wearing some flimsy-ass, whack-ass, <laughs> corny-ass, big baller fucking T-shirt, sweat hoodie, with your face imprinted over Illmatic. And like, oh, you know what you're doing. Of course. It's so it's not just the father. You know what you're doing. Right. He's playing, he's playing to that. You're playing to that. Right. Which is, which is, which is okay. Which is, which is okay. But when you get, don't act like it's just the dad. Because you, you, you're corny. Right. Your shit look like cardboard. Like, like, you know, a wet piece of cardboard. Your hoodies <laughs> look like wet cardboard. It's not that thick. Okay. Comfortable shit. Well, they just starting out rap. They're not champion. <laughs> oh, but they're so great. He talks all this shit. You got to do it. You got to sell it. Hey, come on. Okay. But you got to have a good product. Okay, that's true. You would never come out rocking your face over the Snoop Dogg record. You would never come out rocking your face over a Scarface record. Imagine rock with the Ghetto Boys and you you take out uh, Bushwick. Bushwick Bill on the stretcher. And you put your face. You would never put. Yo, what, what makes you think putting your face over Nas shit is is dope? Oh, I see and your it's, point. It's not okay. like he's doing it as a homage. Right. You already said he's irrelevant. It's not like he's like, I love this record so much. It's an honor. Right, right. Shout I out see. to Mr. Morris because he put my like seven year old picture over the Illmatic. But I'm doing it out of respect. Right. Oh, I see your point. That's a great point. You said it's he, irrelevant, and you so put why your you, face yeah, over. Yeah. Fuck you, cornball. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. Fuck you. I see the point. <laughs> so I went on a rant. For those of you who don't know. Play the rant, Miles. So Lonzo Ball, everybody's like, he's a nice kid. He's quiet. He doesn't say much. His father does all the talking. Well, you know what they say. It's the quiet ones you can't trust. You showed up to Madison Square Garden wearing a hoodie with your face on it with that fucked up, weird, blank-looking stare superimposed over Nas's Illmatic CD. Well, in New York, we call that big baller brand abiding. Lonzo, you're so fucking lucky. It isn't the days of the late, great Anthony Mason and Charles Oakley. They would have had you walking out of Madison Square Garden tonight, wrapped up and swaddled in a big ball of brand, a baby blanket. The other two kids, Leanne, whatever the fuck his name is, Leanne and LaMelo are going to Lithuania to play in a pro league over there. I just hope you two motherfuckers check out the shoplifting laws before you hit the town. Stop with the bootleg sweatshirts and come up with something that you guys could actually benefit from. Come up with some big ball of brand braces because the whole family's teeth is fucked up. Told him to need big ball of braces and all that fly shit. And the, the third son, who's 16. Now, I have a 17 and a 15-year-old son. The third son got wind of that rant and said on Twitter, look it up, LaMelo Ball, said... You ugly, don't let me start cooking. I'm like, oh shit. Now people were like, right. yo, rap, you, you gotta get him. And I'm like, yo, this is a kid. Even though it's big baller brand, and even though he talks shit, first of all, the first rules of talking shit that I abide by is if you're gonna talk shit, you have to be able to get it. To take it, yeah. So that ain't nothing. Right. That's all good. But that's, that's part of snap. He is 16. So I said, I, 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 can't, I can't talk about a 16-year-old. You cannot do that. But if I was going to snap on him, I'm not going to snap on him, but if I was going to snap on this wolf boy-looking motherfucker. Nah, I don't fuck with that. I'm not doing it. I'm not snapping on him. I I'm like, like Mellow. If, if I was going to snap on him, 
and his big jumbo teeth. Nah, nope. and, and I'm, I'm not doing it. I know you're not. If, if I was going to snap on the fact that he looks like motherfucking Squidward <laughs> and the fact that he looks like motherfucking Teen Wolf, okay, I would go in on him. But I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Cool out. I'm, I'm not going to snap on Hold him. your head, dude. I'm not, I'm not snapping on him. That's a 16-year-old motherfucker. That's why I said I didn't respond. He's a but professional if, ball player. In Lithuania. It doesn't matter. Sharu, what's that motherfucking name? Sharunis, Marcelunis, whatever that motherfucking name is. We'll see. If Lith- you- Lithuania got some shit, man. We're going to see. We're going to see. He's 16 out there. I, I, know he, I know they got some shit. We're going to see what you got. So my general response to uh, LaMelo Balls, I'm not going to say anything about your fucked up hair. I'm not going to say anything that you bleach your tips. I'm not going to say anything about any of that shit. But just know... I'm a professional with this shit. You're 16. Let that man when you're, leave that boy um, when, you're over, when you're over 18, if you want to come get it, if you want to come get it, I grew up snapping in the streets of Brownsville, Harlem, New York, on the streets. That was my defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's how I keep motherfuckers off me. Vicious snapping. If, if, if and when you're above age and you want to come get it, Go ahead. Yeah, you say you want to cook. Wait till you two more years. But I'm not doing that now. Right. I'm just saying, like, I just hope for his own sake, like, if he comes to me, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a focus on those chompers first. I hear you. Okay? Hear you. I'm just saying that. Leave that boy alone. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. Okay, I got you. couple of nights later, Lonzo Ball and the Los Angeles Lakers went to Cleveland. They lost. LeBron, they won. Uh, after the game, this is all over the news, Le- 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 LeBron came over to him and they were having like a conversation, like ha- putting their jerseys in front of their mouths. It was all scrutinized. And then I started thinking, you know what? Because afterwards they asked LeBron what he said. They asked uh, Lonzo what he said. Like, what was the conversation? Right. And I said, you know what? They got to let these guys live. Like, l- leave them be, man. Like, Ooh, yo, uh, they- you don't fuck with this motherfucker. LeBron is giving him messages. Right. Let, let, like let Kobe gave to LeBron. This is part of the pecking order of the NBA. LeBron cares about this kid. He's he's ushering the new fucking league. They don't need to tell you everything that they, they said. They don't do everything. You just got a fucking gripe about this fucking no, guy. No, I was agreeing with you. Okay, go ahead. I was No, I was agreeing with what you're saying because okay. they spent the, the whole next day what did he say to him? What did he say to him? I'm like, yo, mind your fucking business. Right, right. Okay, I got you. Yeah. And, and, and you know the crazy shit about the media now is, like, in the 80s, I would love access to Magic and Isaiah and all them backstage. Like, right. we never saw any we of that. We never saw none of that. But now, because of Instagram, social media, NBA this, NBA that, like, not only do they do the press conferences, but it's, as soon as it happens... It's right online. Right. So you know what Joel Embiid said to Carmelo. You know what uh, Joel Embiid said to Russell, what Russell said back. So when these dudes, because so, so the next day, this is just a general about them. I wasn't even talking about those guys. The next day, Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid of the 76ers got into it. And then some, some reporter was like, well, Russell Westbrook was rude afterwards. I was like, yo, if, if I'm Russell Westbrook and I play my ass off, I don't want to talk to your whack ass after the game. Yeah, right directly after the game. Yeah. And, and, and if, if some games I'm tired, I don't right. want to talk. Right. So be it. This guy was like, he needs to act like an MVP. How does an MVP act? That's what they do, man. That's Larry what do. Bird was never good with the media. 
He never gave a shit about the media. He never gave quotes. He was not Magic Johnson. He was not Isaiah Thomas. Right, he had his own per- persona. He wasn't friendly with the media. Oh, what? A, and, and like we said before, Bill Belichick is the worst. But they, he's so lovable. See, that's that shit. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're fucking talking about. But specifically about these guys, if I had a camera, like it's like literally, literally if you play professional sports now, you're like in a, a, a 24-7 reality show. All this Lonzo Ball hysteria shit, and there's one thing that really kind of jumped out at me. Uh, Charles Barkley said that LeVar Ball is a bad dad. Did he say that? He said that and on, on air. Like, you know, he thinks he's exploiting his kids or whatever. But you can't call this man a bad father. He raised these kids. He was in their lives. And maybe he's a little boisterous and it maybe rubs people the wrong way. But you cannot say he's a bad dad. He's in their lives. And so many times we see the black players, the black Americans, it's always the mom there and everything. And, 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 and it's, you know, you don't see the, the father because, you know, whatever. But to call him a bad dad I agree. is terrible. Because this is coming from a guy who has admitted, who has told my father was never in my life. So who, how would you know? Because you've never experienced the love of a father. So how would you be a judge of a guy who's uh, been vested in his own children's lives? Yes, for, I totally agree. My, listen, my shit with the LeVar Ball... It, it, the majority of his tongue in cheek, I think he's fucking as obnoxious as fuck, yeah, and all that stuff. But you know his intentions are good, and whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. He he raised three kids; they're upstanding kids, um, and, and all that shit. Because people take the shit talking the wrong way, right? So I, you listen, rather have an obnoxious, uh, uh, over the top dad than exactly. no, than no dad. And Scotty Brooks, and I think Danny Ainge was like, "Yo, I wish my father was in in my life like that when I was growing up." Going to all my games, just uh, singing my praises, even even if it ain't true. He can't bust Steph's ass, but your pops giving you that confidence. You know what I'm saying? That's what motherfucker is there for, right? To 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 kind of bolster you. And even if you think you can't bust Steph's ass, my pops is saying I could do it. Um, speaking of busting people's asses, um, Kelly Oubre, Washington Wizards, who I like, met him in the summertime. Fuck with him. Actually coached him um, in a uh, uh, Under Armour sneaker elite all-star game when he was in high school. Might have been the reason why he went over the top, made it to the pros. Oh, were? He came out uh, wearing a Supreme uh, knee sleeve. And then and then at halftime, they told him, take that shit off. Because oh, you, you can't just wear anything you want. It's NBA gear has to be shank- sanctioned. And Supreme is not part of it. No. But just the- like you can't wear Gucci fucking your own your own big ball or whatever right. it is you can't wear like under armor uh, uh right. these sleeves i think it's nike now be licensed so so they told him take that shit off at halftime he did he said that he thought that the supreme knee sleeve uh was too wavy and then two nights later jr smith of the cleveland cavaliers he came out and rocked a supreme brand arm sleeve and i think he rocked it the whole day probably uh um did you know got fined and all that stuff but that brings me to the fact that listen supreme do your thing get your get your money great brand people seem to like it but the i am rap report stereo podcast 
has the sucker shit <laughs> t-shirt, which is inspired by the Supreme one. Actually, the sucker shit one is better. Of course. Shout out to Greek George. Um, and you could get all I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts, including the sucker shit. Uh-huh. Which was inspired. Because I don't know why people go crazy for this Supreme shit. Yo, I seen lines around the block like motherfuckers going to see James Brown at the Apollo in 62. I seen lines around that block for $200 t-shirts. That are not butter soft. I'm, imagine $200 t-shirts. Imagine a $200 t-shirt that's not even butter soft. Yo, we can't hate on Supreme. We're, I'm not hating on Supreme. We can't, we, we, because if, if you could get motherfuckers to buy a $200 t-shirt, you, you a badass company, man. But if you don't want a Supreme shirt and you want a sucker shit t-shirt, come our way. You could get all I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts, including the sucker shit t-shirt right. that is sweeping the nation at store.barstoolsports.com. Hell yeah. Butter soft. You could get the You Fuck You t-shirt, the uh, the I Am Rapport American Flag t-shirt, and of course the Gringo Mandingo t-shirt. But you could absolutely get the Sucka Shit t-shirt at store.barstoolsports.com. All butter soft. Yes. They don't shrink. The more you wash it, the softer it gets. And we're out there. They have lines for us, too. We're out there. We meet the people. Yeah, we're not like Supreme. Yeah. We're just doing our thing. But 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 if you want a Sucka Shit t-shirt... <laughs> That looks just like the Supreme shirt. Shout out to the people from Supreme. Absolutely. Go to store.barstoolsports.com. All right. It is now time for the world famous I Am Rappaport Sick Fuck of the Week segment. This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy is really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. The door? You what? You fucked the door? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did. What? No. 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 Yes. Yes. It is the sick fuck of the week segment. So. Oh, Amorosa. I can't even pronounce her last name. Amorosa was kicked out of the White House. Um, Some people said she was fired. She said she quit. She was kicking and dragging. Security needed to be called in. She is now a woman on an island to herself. Amorosa, you are a sick fuck. Yeah. For being the only African-American woman in the White House in the first place. Yo, they don't fuck with you. They don't like you. Now she's saying, oh. She's- now she's black now. Now she's really black, right? You see? Yes. Yes. You see? I read a little piece of that, and I was like, man, what did you think? What, what, like, like, what did you think eventually was going to happen? They probably was like, what are you doing in, in the Rose Garden? What the fuck you doing here? We, we went out of our way to make sure. There's no other black woman ever in the Rose Garden. What are you doing here? We we reversing everything Obama's done, and you represent that dumb shit that we won. We beat Hillary Clinton. We so won. This you're, is you're, our turn. You're a figurehead, Omarosa, and now you got nowhere to go. You got nowhere to go. And like my man said, this is one of the... 
There is no pension plan for cooning. Um, this is another sick fuck. We actually gave him the sick fuck of the week award in the past. Um, and I wanted to give him a shout out. And I also wanted to bring in that uh, Wonder Bread bag. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? And Olive Oil theme music, which is a sub theme song of the sick fuck of the week segment. Let me get that, Miles. So remember the Indiana fertility doctor who used his own sperm on dozens of patients without their consent? Skeet, skeet, skeet. Remember him? Bad. Dr. Donald Klein. He was accused of fathering at least eight children with different different women unbeknownst to them. Somehow, some way, this fucking sick fuck avoided jail time. No good judge? I don't know how he did it. Of course. You impregnated women with your own sperm when they were there to get fertility. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he's... He, so imagine oh. your wife. You can't, can't get pregnant. her pregnant. And they're, they're working with you, or maybe they're going to use a, a sperm donor. This sick fuck, the doctor, was using his own sperm. Mm. He's got eight children... With women, patients, his own patients. Damn. Somehow, some way, no jail time. No jail. This is what we mean. This is why people don't respect this shit, man. This guy is a sick yeah, fuck. Yeah, how you go? How- I don't know how he's not in jail getting that Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment. That's why I asked for the Wonder Bread bag and I have all olive oil theme music. I don't get it. <laughs> how? Like, how, how do you justify him not being incarcerated? For something, a right? year, two years, something. This is what we mean. I think that Roy Moore and your wife, you need to get this fucking guy's lawyer. Because this that lawyer is good. That's them Jew lawyers, man. They'll get you out of some shit. Mm-mm. See, Weinstein cooling in Arizona with a wig on. Every single week more stuff comes out about Harvey Weinstein. Russell Simmons, get ready, B. Get ready for that Rikazala. You got to watch what you say to people. You got to talk to motherfuckers with cue cards now. Yep. You know it, rap. You in the acting shit. You, especially on set, you be a mute. Yep. Motherfuckers talk to you. Be like, mm, Yo, mm, I, I'm scared even like the music you play. Let's say you're in the makeup trailer and you're playing like Snoop Dogg. I just want to fuck. Yep. You. Or Nate Dogg. One of those songs. Yep. And, and, and you're in there dancing. And they hear it. With an earshot. Like, this is how I'm thinking. Next time I go on set, like, you got to watch. What you, like, you could be playing some, like, you know, some down south, like, booty popping, like. Luke shit. Luke shit. That doo-doo brown. You go to jail for doo-doo brown. Who knows? Final sick fuck of the week. These guys are really sick fucks. Two tourists who were on vacation in Chicago for some fucking reason. I can't even pronounce it. The last name is Mager, and the other one is Ryan Reisgard. They're a couple. They did, they did what they thought was a, a birthday prank. They're from Minnesota. They told the police that they had, they had been robbed by three men at knife point, stealing her $12,000 engagement ring, $3,000 Louis Vuitton suitcase, and all sorts of other shit. <laughs> Louis. Said they Louis. said that they were on a, a, North, a bus, and they were robbed, and all this other shit. They said that their attackers looked like, quote, unquote, a milk dud or a fat Albert T. 
type of person. They smelled like marijuana. They said it was black dude that looked like Fat Albert and a milk dud. Well, it turns out the whole thing was made up. Was made up. They admit it. it, it they didn't even get robbed. I told you. They know. Now, th- this is why this is why these false accusations, I'm defensive of it. And this is why I've said it once and I've said it again. 500% don't support sexual harassment. 500% don't support unsubstantiated claims of rape, robbery, or any of that shit. Yeah. But you see, I mean, that's that that's terrible. But they know. It's like it's like, yo, okay. It's terrible. That that's just terrible. And uh, it's never oh, it was this short Jewish guy uh, and his two other Jewish friends. It's always oh, it was three black, black guys. People, right? One of them that looked like Fat Albert, and the other, and they smelled like marijuana. Because they know uh, how society views black people. So it's like cheating. It basically, it's like yo, whatever happens, if if you if you caught dead to rights, you could get out of it if you blame. It's like a racial pecking order. Black people at the bottom. So I'm going to blame them. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like the cliff notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Terrible, the short verse. It's like, it's like the shortcut. It will get the heat off you immediately until they investigate and find out. But the especially, heat is off uh, you. Especially a white girl and a white guy. Oh. Minnesota tourist. Yo, I want to thank my man, Brian Scalabrini. Thank you for the White Mamba meets White Mike segment. Um, congratulations, G. Moody. Three, uh, my name is, uh, Three Monetti now. Three Monetti. Show. Um, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Keep rating. Keep pumping. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Takeover 2018. Scow, I appreciate it. White Mamba. Moody. Dust Brothers, we're out. Out.